podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode number, oh, I'm not sure. Hang on, we'll just check the um, speaking clock feature that we have built into the uh, podcast hub here. Uh, speaking clock, what episode is this? 368. Thank you, Speaking Clock. Uh, welcome to episode 368 of the Anfield Index podcast. I am Trev Denny. I'm podcasting to you from a very rainy, wet, dreary, miserable Irish field. Um, no beauty in it today. It's grim. Um, but I'm here nonetheless, shitty signal and all. I'm looking forward to having a chat to my colleagues this afternoon. It's been a week or two since we got one of these things together, mostly my fault. Uh, I'm joined for the show um, by Cam Branch, by Guy Drinkle and by Lisa Marie Hannahan and we are going to discuss whatever it is occurs to us or is on our mind to do with Liverpool Football Club or indeed anything else that occurs to us during the roughly hour-long duration of this podcast and um, I'll just begin by saying hello to everybody um, by way of introduction. I don't have any little clips or anything like that today because I think the topic we've got is sufficiently hefty that it could take up the whole show anyway. So uh, I'll just go around and say hello to everyone. Guy, haven't um, had the pleasure of podcasting with you for a while. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Apart from the weather, which we promised to talk about earlier on on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I, I, I do. I am looking forward to having a conversation about rain and um, how it is an inherent part of Irish life, although at least Marie won't believe us because uh, Ireland lied to her when she visited. But I yeah, don't know it's, what, I don't know what any of y'all are on about because yeah, the weather yeah. was beautiful. All three times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, like I say, it, it, it's a scam. It's a conspiracy um, to get tourists in or something. I don't know. Uh, but it's been grim, man. It's been grim. I don't know. I don't know what it's like for you, for you there at the moment, Guy. But I, apparently there's a thing called St. Swithin's Day. Uh, I, I heard about it before, but somebody made a big point of it. And if it's raining on St. Swithin's Day or whatever it happens to be doing, it's going to do that for a prolonged period. I think it's 40 days afterwards or something like that. Now, obviously, that's um, um, entirely uh, superstitious, but it actually feels like it might be taking hold here. Because like I said to someone earlier on, Guy, and I don't know if you've got a similar story. I went there for a little walk to do a few things. Uh, and it was raining, so I said I'll take a rain jacket, and it's too warm for a rain jacket, so you don't know when you come back whether you're wet from the rain piercing your rain jacket or what's coming from inside your body out because you are so incredibly hot. 
I, I, it's actually just gack. I find it really deeply uncomfortable weather. I, I, I've resolved to never wear a raincoat again. That's basically my the the lesson from this uh, story for me. Yeah, for for me, to, I mean today. So because it's been warmer, I've been taking the dog out at night time. Because well, I don't wake up early enough to take him out when it's cool. Let's be honest. Uh, so I take him out on a night time. Uh, and today I was like, well, it's a bit cooler. I'll take him to the beach. Um, have shorts on, thinking I'll be fine. I'll, I'll put a jumper on because there was a bit of cloud. Basically, take three steps on the beach, start pissing down. Um, so I'm sat there, and my dog being a prick and won't move because he has to talk to every human. Um, so it's just spitting. Different levels of rain goes from spit to pissing down. Um, and then it just starts getting boiling after the rain shower stops. So basically, I'm just cooking myself in a jumper at that stage. So that's fun. Yeah. It's just hor- what a horrible mixture it is. I can't deal with it at all. And I'm, by way of by way of kind of segue, at least Marie, I know from my few visits to uh, the wonderful continent in which you live that you know you can get depending. And I'm thinking your area probably with your multi seasons, you've probably got an experience of this kind of humid, uh, but also quite damp uh, weather. It's 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 a bad mixture, isn't it? It it is, and yes, we are very familiar with that. Um, the further south you go, typically, <laughs> the worse it gets. Um, especially in the southeast, you know, closer to the water and everything. But yeah, humidity can just be it can it's just yuck. Um, which is one of the reasons summer is my least favorite season because. It's generally always humid and sticky. And even if the temperature does drop to what would be, you know, a, a more comfortable level, oftentimes it doesn't mean anything because it's, it's so humid out. Um, yeah. And we've had, I mean, not as wet a summer as, as you've had over there in Ireland, Trev, but we've, for us, had a, a fairly wet summer, which, is okay because a couple of years ago we didn't have any rain for like July and August. So by this time in the summer, everybody's grass was kind of dead and you know, it just looked awful. So at least everything's staying green. I mean, I'll give it that. Yeah. Well, I just spent four hours wrestling with the grass uh, around my house uh, <laughs> because I haven't got a ride, a ride on more like um, these, um, wealthy landed gentry types so i've got this walk behind thing and it oh my god i had to empty it every two minutes it was just absolute nightmare four hours i mean that's that's not right i, I actually listened to five podcasts in that time that that can't be a healthy way to now actually i have a question for you Lisa marie because you've put a picture into the whatsapp uh, earlier on there which shows your current view. Now we, we should let the audience know that you guys are on your vacation, uh, in New York and environs and you appear to be looking at the water. So that's probably very nice. I presume there's a breeze. What's, uh, what's that view all about? Well, we're at, um, this is my husband's hometown. It's Milford, Connecticut. So it's on the New England or a uh, Connecticut shoreline on the Long Island Sound and his, we're at, I'm actually at his aunt and uncle's house right now, and they have a house right on the water. So I am up in uh, one of the bedrooms upstairs that looks it's a master suite. So it looks out over the water. Very nice. Of course, it's actually raining a little bit right now. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're up here for a few days. We left home on Wednesday, 
that was purely a driving day. Um, yesterday, we got as far as Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, and then got up yesterday morning and took the ferry, got into New Jersey and took the ferry from the New Jersey side over to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty and did that for about half a day and then drove on up here to, got to Connecticut here last, last night. And we're going to be here for a couple days and then we're going to go on, um, to Lake George, New York, and we're going to visit Fort Ticonderoga and Fort William Henry. And I believe Fort William Henry is the one they talk about in one of the movies, Trev, that you and I both enjoy, Last of the Mohegans. So yes, that's where we're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Stay tuned for that, yes. Fantastic. We are not, Sean and I are not happy unless we have dragged the children to at least two historical sites on a trip. Um, we should be hitting three. Actually, technically four if you consider Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island. So, yeah, the kids are they're, they're stoked. They love can, it. I was going to say, can we get an honest reaction as to how, <laughs> how interested are the children? <laughs> All right. So it varies. Um, now, the oldest one is at the point where he does and will admit to enjoying it. Um, the other two, they won't admit to enjoying it, but I think deep down they do a little bit. So <laughs> they, would, they would die rather than. Um, admit it. Now, actually, they are headed right now off to the movies because it's kind of it's like hit and miss rain this afternoon. So um, they're headed to the movies. Um, one of them is going to see Oppenheimer and the other two are going to see the Barbie movie. Of course. So, yes. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 which I, film, I, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the Barbie. Yeah, I have every intention of seeing um one of those tomorrow. We'll leave it at that. Uh, and uh, you've provided us with another lovely segue to our final guest, Cam Branch, because if anyone knows about driving for an entire day, it's our mate Cam. How are you doing, buddy? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, uh, guys. How are you? Excellent, excellent. excellent. And uh, one, wondering uh, if you have um, uh, any holidays planned uh, that can uh, compare and contrast there with Lisa Marie's one. Oh, uh, no, no holidays. Um, I've got two or three things I, I want to just... Uh, quickly get off my chest and start with. Uh, oh wow! Um, Look at you! Look at you, old business. Go on then. Yeah, yeah. No, it just suddenly came to me. So, um, um, just had a great time with in uh, the old smoke with uh, Mrs. B uh, down in uh, in in London and uh, went to Camden Town, which is probably my favourite part of London. Just love love the vibe, uh, Camden and you know the market and the lock and everything. And, uh, great food down there. Uh, so that was. Fantastic. Uh, you said at the start there, Trevor, you had a potted with guy for a while. You want to try that one again? Uh, why would I do that? Because you potted with him last week. 
It's, that's that's a long time for me. I do pods. Oh most right, days. sorry, my bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Can't forget who we're working <laughs> with and how popular he is. You know, you know. All right. Um, <laughs> secondly, talking of uh, rain and that, people, and this is to everybody who's listening. I need a recommendation for a, a, a good, but really light raincoat that I can just keep in keep in a in my backpack uh, on on my travels or when I'm doing a million miles a week obviously so because i do a lot of walking in my job now in between driving jobs so um when the rain comes down i do need to be able to keep myself dry but i don't want to be carrying anything heavy in my backpack so any recommendations would be appreciated actually you know that's great i'm gonna follow up with this on twitter as well because i need exactly that jacket whatever it is all my raincoats are the kind of raincoats where rain lands on them and then you are wet so why they why they they're 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 basically wind cheaters is what i've got both my grandparents walk like hobbies and i think they use regatta Yes, regatta. I have a regatta uh, thing, but the, the problem I have with that one, the one I have, is that the lining is kind of rubbery, so it's incredibly sweaty. Oh, so, really? yeah. So maybe not I, for the summer. Maybe not for the summer. So uh, there's probably a happy medium. So I like this idea, Cam. This is a good. This is a good one. We'll reach out and get some 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 knowledge yeah. from the 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 Twitter sphere and those who listen. And if you are listening to Sean, you've got some suggestions. Do hit us up directly, myself and Cam. Uh, tag both of us in there if you don't mind, um, um, because I, I'm exactly on the same mission. And before we start the chat, if you don't mind, guys, I just want to take a minute because uh, there was. Um, an incredibly, incredibly tragic loss of uh, a listener to our show here. Um, and I'm going to keep the details to a minimum, but I want just so that Sarah knows um, that we are talking about her, Brian, who passed away, um, and Sarah, uh, with her 14 and 17-year-olds, is obviously um, missing him deeply. Uh, Brian was on Twitter. Um, some of you will know him as at, um, you know, uh, uh, he was, uh, one of the nicest guys you could interact with. Uh, always so positive, great fun, um, great supporter of what we were doing, um, across the various podcasts and weighed in in really positive ways. And it's incredibly sad, uh, time for Sarah and her family and I just wanted to say that for whatever the hell it's worth I'd like to dedicate this episode of the show to Brian and Brian's memory and hopefully um, Sarah will listen to this at some t- some stage and, and, and have a smile, I know Brian would um, because basically the only interactions I ever had with him were fun and positive and uh, a lovely fella um, that uh, I just thought it was appropriate to mention so hopefully that's okay with you guys and we'll move on with the show as i'm sure as i'm sure brian would like us to do uh and let's just say we have a topic which does feature a brian by way of uh by way of a neat segue which i i'm i'm loving for us on this show um and there is only one show in town guys there really is only one show in town. There's, there's no way to say it otherwise. It is the concept, the idea that was introduced to us about two weeks ago now of the possibility of 
Jordan Brian Henderson uh, flirting with the concept of moving to the Saudi League and taking the many, many um, dollars, shekels, rupees, whatever uh, denomination you like that are on offer there. Um, most of us have had a very strange relationship with it, and I'd like to get your thoughts individually on where you're at with it. Uh, I'll lay out mine briefly. It's going to be done in much more detail in an article that will go up on Anfield Index when and if the departure of the captain is confirmed. In a nutshell, I think it's safe to say that I have more than a passing interest in one of the communities that's mentioned um, by every single human when they're talking about this. Um, and I don't know that many people uh, who are doing the mentioning have a right to do it, but I have, shall we say, my nearest and dearest who stands under that very bright colored rainbow um, flag and is part of that community. So I think it's fair to say that I might have a clue what I'm talking about here in terms of being a supporter or an ally or whatever the word that people want to choose is. And I'm finding myself grating a little bit against certainly some of the people who are using that as a stick to beat the captain with on his uh, exit. Um, my pushback on the negativity around Henderson's allyship and the idea that he would be turning his back on a community who are very, very ruthlessly and viciously treated in the country, which he is going to, would be just to ask the people who are doing the the um, the griping what they have ever done for that community. What have you ever done if you find yourself being so viciously aggressive towards a fellow who has actually done something? Now, there are all sorts of grey areas, but I didn't like the sanctimony that I was seeing come from some people, podcasters, uh, journalists of note, it did feel sanctimonious and it did feel, I felt like asking them the question, well, what have you done, mate? Um, now, the other incredibly important part in this uh, debate for me is that I am absolutely thrilled that someone is giving us money and taking Henderson out of the playing staff primarily and exclusively for, for, for footballing reasons. I don't buy into this absence of leadership with him and Milner gone at the same time. I don't buy that at all. I think it's lazy. I think it's an insult to the incredibly strong-minded professional athletes that we have at the club. International captains all over the shop. So the leadership thing to me always sounded hollow and a bit daft. Um, so whereas... It might be a bit controversial that I, I seem like I'm defending Henderson in one regard there with the things I was saying at the start. It's not so much that. It is disappointing what he's doing for sure for a lot of people. Um, but it's also, I think, it needs to be spoken about in a balanced way. Um, but I want to be very open with the fact that I think it's absolutely fantastic that we get to do this rebuild, assuming the correct... Uh, recruitment comes in now on the back of Fabinho and himself leaving. And I haven't even mentioned Fabinho. And you'll notice nobody does. And you'll notice nobody mentions Fabinho and his um, uh, movement to that same place with those same rules and those same oppressions because he didn't say anything. He didn't come out in support 
of a, a community that feels like they're marginalized in many, many different parts of the world because they are. So it's a very complex, twisty, turny situation. And I want to just get my thoughts out of the way first so that it doesn't seem like I'm coming at anyone sideways uh, as we go through it. And it is just absolutely honest reaction from everyone. What are you thinking about this? It seems as if it's all but done. And I'll start, Guy, with you, because I know you've been part of many discussions. We have, in a specific WhatsApp thread, been sort of talking about when we're going to go and do content around this because it does seem as if it's all but done man and my biggest fear was that it was going to be a big rollback and a you know i'm going nowhere uh type statement issued and to me that would have left the situation quite untenable because i think a lot of people seem to be excessively excessively angry with henderson at the moment i don't know that there's a way back for him what's your take um in the well, it's weird because, as you said, Henderson splits the fan base in so many stupid ways, um, and it's been like that even when he was good, like, or even when he was useful. If you want to be more condemning um, in his in his uh, description, um, in terms of, I think I agree wholeheartedly with with the on field stuff. He wasn't any use anymore, but only. Well, I'm not saying my opinion is. All almighty and that is true but I think lads who watch the game you're like we can do better than him but Klopp was go- well, I think we mentioned this on our last pod didn't we it's true Chelsea game the next say Chelsea game was a couple of days away Henderson would play Fabinho would play like neither, neither of them would deserve to play but they would 100% play so taking this decision out of Klopp's hands one way or the other um, probably more so with Henderson because I think Fabinho he wasn't the same, but we'll probably get on the win, but there was still something there. Whereas Henderson, this has been longer, this has been more drastic um, downturn. But we needed this decision out of Klopp's hands. Um, and Henderson himself has done that. Um, seemingly, they had that conversation about limited minutes, whether that actually stuck. Who knew? Who knows? Um, but he's got this opportunity to make a shit ton of money. And he's taken it, or he's seemingly going to take it. Um, in terms of the, the morality and stuff like that, I mean, it, it's hard for me to be outraged. I'm a, I'm a straight white dude. It doesn't really matter to me. But I think he, he does look a bit of a hypocritical dickhead. Now, I'm not going to villainize him for that. Go get that bread and all that jazz. Um, but I think he has to accept that he's going to be Lopez looked at as a bit of a dickhead for a little while in certain communities because this is probably maybe not the first generation but we've seen it become more common with different causes where footballers use their platform to go the extra map. Marcus Rashford, obviously the um, political stuff he got in last year about feeding um, impoverished children and stuff like that, that's probably a good example of what I mean. Um, maybe footballers were doing this past, but we're obviously in more of a social media day now. Um, so this stuff's more publicised. You can gain more support for it and stuff like that. But these players like Henderson, I think Harry Maguire was a big part of it as well. They came out as an ally to the LGBT community, to other communities. Um, 
most of English football is against, like we we see with um, taking the knee and stuff like that uh, in the last couple seasons. Um, but these footballers now, I think it may extend to other people. They're going to say, "Are you really an ally of this of this group of people, or are you just doing it for for fucking PR?" And I think that may have damaged the relationship with certain players, and I'm I'm not surprised it's it's um, quite a big backlash to it. But from my point of view, I'm just happy he's going or seemingly going. But it would have been it would have been nice if it was like a free transfer to Sunderland. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's getting three hundred and fifty grand a week. Like you'd have to be a very strong-willed person especially if you're normal but there's there's the argument he's already a millionaire and that's going to tra- that's going to splinter off into other arguments and stuff like that but you have to be a strong-willed person to turn that down don't you um but yeah yeah I've, I've rambled on no no man it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought us there because that is an interesting sub point that hopefully we'll get to at some stage as well which is uh the an awful lot of people were saying were saying things along the lines of well, um, it's transformational wealth, it's generational wealth, it means it's grandchildren and so on and so forth. We know the story. We know the chat. Uh, and I think it makes sense if you're talking about, um, like I've said on other shows, somebody like me uh, or the average person um because then you know um it's it's it, it, that is a, a moral quandary uh that may well only have one uh resolution because most of us don't have ever the opportunity to rise above a certain financial status uh, henderson's already above that financial status and i think we can say without any too much worries that you know you have he has got generational um wealth there um because of his uh, footballing career um and so i think that's where that sticks in the craw of a lot of people um again for balance let me point out that i'm seeing an awful lot of people who are simply crowing and trying to score points when I know for a fact, because I actually know some of these people, that if they were offered the same opportunity, they would take it. They are using the, the LGBTQ thing um, as well as a stick to beat Henderson with, and they have no shares in it. I know that for a fact about certain of these people too. So there is a lot of people who are um, jumping on bandwagons uh, and there's a lot of faux morality going on, I think, in my own personal um, opinion. Um, and um, I wouldn't say it if I, if I wasn't pretty certain that that's the case in, in, in quite a few places that I've seen very vocal um, anti-Henderson chat. So that's an interesting wrinkle in this chat that we need to come back to um, and maybe... Lisa Marie or Cam will want to go there as well and theirs. But Lisa Marie, again, just from the most honest perspective you can, your take on this, what looks like impending reality of uh, the club captain heading to um, this um, cash cow that is the Saudi League. It's just all so weird. <laughs> yeah. I- it, 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 I mean, just, I've been thinking, you know, as you've been speaking and as Guy was speaking, I've just been thinking back over, over the last couple of weeks. And of course, you know, when the, the story first or the rumors first kind of broke that, you know, this was a consideration, this was a potential exit for Henderson, it was like, that's not going to happen. And then, 
you know, and in some ways I, I think it was just like, you know, we couldn't get that lucky, could we? Um, and, and then is it just kept continuing and continuing and you're thinking, okay, so any point now there's going to be a statement, you know, from his camp that says, well, you know, the, We've considered it, but no, I'm, I'm happy where I am. I'm, you know, looking forward to starting another season as the captain of, you know, Liverpool and, you know, leading the team, et cetera, et cetera. And that never came. And, and so the longer it was just like some sort of kind of strange alternate reality that I thought, well, is maybe, maybe this is going to happen. And, and I think you said, Trev, you know, the idea that we could actually get some funds, you know, from someone for, for Henderson to leave was, you know, luck that I didn't think that we would, you know, have the opportunity to experience. And so it's just, I don't think there's any way that he can come out of, you know, it's too late, certainly, I think, to back out. I mean, the, the backlash from a PR standpoint would be even worse than the backlash that is you know, about for him leaving. And so it's just it, it, the whole thing just strikes me as very strange because I can't imagine, you know, the the man who's been captain of this club for however many years now, that this is the way he would want to leave. It, it, I think that's the thing that strikes me is the strangest and, and the most surprising is I would not think this is the way you would want you would want to go, you know, where, you know, wouldn't you want the big, you know, the send off like we saw Bobby and, you know, James Milner and, and the others get at the end of the season, you would think and expect that Henderson would want something similar. And I, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's more going on behind the scenes than, you know, any of us know about. And I'm sure it'll all come out when someone writes a book one day, but the whole thing just, just very much strikes me as weird. And, and I'm with you. I've, I've tried not to get pulled in to, you know, I mean, as we've all said, you know, Henderson has always been somebody who, for whatever reason, has divided people, um, in kind of a crazy way. I've, you know, again, I have, you know, felt and have seen his form has not been the best the last couple seasons and have been as, you know, groaned along with everybody else when his name has been on the team sheet. So, you know, from that aspect, I'm looking forward to, you know, what, and with him gone and Nabby Kata gone, I mean, what are people going to argue about? I know they will find something. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know they will find something, but that's just kind of the first thing that crossed my mind is like, well, good, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to find a new topic, topic to argue about. And well, maybe that'll be a nice refreshing change. But yeah, it's just in, you know, and again, his support for the, you know, for the community and it's just all weird. I mean, and I, I wish I could come up with a more eloquent word than that, but I'm on vacation. So my brain is resting. But it, the whole thing just strikes me as very, very strange. And I'm kind of looking forward, as I said, to the book that'll be written a few years from now, where we'll find out, you know, what the real story is behind the scenes. Because to me, there just has to be one. I just, and I've said this to, to Sean on more than one occasion over the last couple of weeks, like, I just can't believe this is the way he wants to leave. 
it just, really, that's the yeah. thing that's so weird. It's a, it's a really, really interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up because like I introduced in the other topic, this is another thing. This was, this was at the heart of my reaction to it because, you know, in a cynical way, I thought if we can uh, move Henderson out of the squad, then uh, as Guy said very well earlier on, put it very well, it takes the decision out of Jurgen's hands. And I think then we have, if we, um, do our recruitment right, then we uh, are going to be better overall. Uh, that was one thing. That's my opinion of Henderson, the player currently. I don't really care about spectacularly chiseled abdominal muscles or water. Um, That's loss. weird too. Yeah, I, I, all of that stuff. I, I don't, I, I don't put any store by it. What, like, what have you done on the pitch? That's where I, and and that's where I'll, I'll happily chat to any of these incredibly weird um, Henderson uh, fans that have come up over the year. That they, 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 they're not talking about what we can see. They're talking about a concept. They default into things like captaincy and a great lad and behind the scenes and setting standards and all those kind of things because they can't talk about the actual performance on the pitch. And that's all I want to talk about because the lad himself has always seemed like a very solid chap to me. And I agree with you, Lisa Marie. What, what, what world does, does he actually want this way, this to be his um, mode of departure? So that informed very much my thinking from the start. And I was, when I heard about all this, no chance. This will not happen because what's going to happen is he will see one after another of these notable um, um, voices, organizations coming out and saying, this is very disappointing. Um, and initially they were doing it in a cagey way. Then it became more condemnatory and then it became all out disgrace and disgust and people were just, uh, very, very arrogant. And I thought at some point that's going to weigh on him a little bit like we heard. And I know Dave Hendrick was saying it's not, it's not a great comparison. I think it works as a comparison in terms of there was a lot of emotional pressure on Stephen Gerrard, uh, back in 2005 after we won the Champions League in Chelsea and, and Jose Mourinho came courting. And I could understand, uh, why, you know, he might want to, uh, be in a situation where there's a possibility for him to win lots and lots and lots of trophies. That's, uh, that's, that was a, a, a thing that he, a conversation he had to have with himself. Um, and in that same way, you could see how Henderson might go, I could do it without listening to all these dopes constantly ha- har- haranguing me, um, and make a massive pay, payday for me and my family, whatever way you want to look at it. I just don't, I never thought that that would win out. And until he's actually announced as having gone, I still won't believe it. I still think there's some way in which there could be some compromise and uh, a, a very much a, a, a compromised version of Henderson coming back uh, into the fold. Um, that haunts me because I think that's the ultimate lame duck because he'll have lost the respect of supporters, possibly even some teammates, probably the manager who'll be, who'll have been thinking, what's he up to here? Um, 
why does he want to leave? So it's very, very interesting, that aspect of it. Um, and it was why I thought it would never, ever, ever happen. And yet it appears that it is happening. And I don't think, Guy, I'm, I think I'm right in saying that we're having some te- technical issues with Cam. So I'm going to loop you back into this um, on that particular topic. I don't think there's any way, shape or form that uh, Jordan Henderson, when he got this offer, would have said, yeah, I can see how this is going to go fine. This is not going to be a problem. Um, and I can also s- say to you that I still don't believe that he wasn't absolutely tortured by uh, the response that he must have been able to see building up in social media and elsewhere uh, on TV and mainstream media as well to the concept. Like mainstream um, journalists, like people like Barney Ronay, who are highly regarded writing about this situation and, and, and sort of quizzing what, what's going on with him and how, how could he go from this uh, outspoken ally to a guy who is re- quite willing to take the money and go to a place where... Um, uh, the things he appeared to have stood for uh, are very much um, very much not supported. So, I mean, as Lisa Marie says, to, to use her word, it is very weird, this. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I just don't think anyone saw it coming, probably including Henderson himself. That's probably the strange thing. I think when all these transfers broke obviously started with Ronaldo but then we saw like Benzema um, Kante even like Neves etc going to Saudi Arabia I think everyone on Twitter I think I remember a tweet of mine it was like it's a shame the only lads we can sell to Saudi is probably Thiago and will he even fancy it <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later we've sold the other two midfielders or two old midfielders um, or about to sell um, Touchwood um, no I just, I just really never saw this come I didn't see the market appeal of of a Jordan Henderson going going to Saudi Arabia because I think he's not. <laughs> There's obviously something weird about English players. Like they get sometimes they get overhyped within. We obviously see that in the transfer market. They obviously get an extra fifty million added onto the tri- uh, price tag and stuff like that. But it's never struck me that Jordan Henderson's a superstar. Like when when outside of the Liverpool fandom, it's just like it's just Jordan Henderson. He just sound. It's basically it. It's not like it's Wayne Rooney or Harry Kane or even Steven Gerrard, who he obviously went to the MLS. Um, it's just never really... I don't see... I, I didn't see how Henderson could be used as a, let's call it for what it is, a sport-washing vehicle. It, it's just not really one of those things, is he? 
Um, but what, did, what did you think about the, the captain of Liverpool being a great get angle to that? What did you think of that? Oh, I mean, it's a good point, actually. Um, I suppose with Stephen, I think Stephen Gerrard going there is obviously the easy catalyst. If it was just like picking up Al Nassar or whatever on Ronaldo's, I don't think I'd see him going there. But Stephen Gerrard taking that, we've all seen the training videos where he can't um, get his message through and stuff like that. I think in that sense, it makes sense. Obviously, in terms of taking the Liverpool captain, I don't think they would have thought that way. Thought that way, to be honest. I think if Steven Gerrard wasn't El Atipak, I'll go with, manager, I don't think they'd be that interested. So I think Gerrard's just seen it as, maybe a wrong t- phrase for it, but I'll give my friend a bit of a backhander, giving him some free money <laughs> to come do an easy job, and I just need someone who'll get the message through. Because for whatever we joke about his leadership and all that crap, if Stephen, if Gerard can't literally manage any of the players he's currently got, why wouldn't he just go, well, I'll get Henderson, he can just shout. Mackham is a universal language of shouting and pointing. We all, we all know that. <laughs> um, so it'll get through one way or the other. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> the universal language of Mackham, I love it. Um, you know, the, the, there's... There's a couple of interesting points, and, and Cam, I believe you're back with us, so I'm just going to loop you in on what you have probably missed as your uh, Wi-Fi was was crashing and 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 and, and restarting. We're basically, as you know, because you were around for a start, but trying to get everybody's honest take on where they stand with the Henderson thing. Um, we've gone through several different points. We looked at the money angle um we looked at the idea of what i was just talking to a guy about it there what what kind of a get is he for this league because some people were trying to big it up saying getting the captain captain of liverpool is 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 uh, a big sort of status symbol for them that type of thing we were obviously talking about our own feelings around it we talked about the weirdness um as they somebody termed it of the whole situation and why in the name of god would jordan henderson given his own personal history uh, uh, at the club the length of it of, of the duration of it the the nature of it uh and the nature of his um sort of allyship and spokesperson uh, role um, being a bit of a PR guru if we're being honest um, why in the God's name would he have ever wanted to create a scenario like there currently is because to say if he leaves he leaves with a tarnished legacy is the understatement of the century so I'm just curious to get your take now on this to wrap out our initial part of the podcast uh, responding to the likelihood it does seem to be likely uh, of Henderson leaving what, like where is it sitting with you what are your, what are your overall takes on him uh, and the move itself um, I'm, I'm very conflicted, uh, and I think that's honestly deep down how everybody would will really feel, because he's been a fantastic servant to the club. He's always given his all, um, you know. Whether that he's been good enough or not is is not the point. He, he's been captain of Liverpool Football Club, drawing. 
our most successful period in the last 30 years. And whether he should have been captain or not is irrelevant because the manager kept him as captain and we were the best team in the world with Jordan Henderson as captain of the Liverpool Football Club and nobody can take that away from him. And that will always be there. That will be, I use quotation marks here, his legacy. And you can't deny him that that particular legacy as such. So for him to be leaving in this way, in the manner in which it's seen, you know, the way it's all been played out with hearsay and to go where he's going, whereas it's so difficult because it's, it, it becomes, um, how do I phrase this? I, I don't want to be derogatory or insulting to anybody, but it becomes xenophobic to a point. It becomes, it's, it's, it becomes very, very religious orientated, you know, the, uh, the connotations behind everything and as to why he's going there. And so people are afraid to speak freely because they don't want to upset anybody in that respect. And it's nobody's trying to do that. We're just trying to be honest in how we feel and how we feel what Jordan is, is doing. And you can't deny how the Saudi government practices the law or, or enforces the law within their, within their country. And that's their right. It's their country. Who are we to say to anybody, any other country, you should do this or you should do that? We have enough problems within our own country where people are abused and they're not looked after and there's different, different ways in which people are treated badly. Um, granted, you know, we, you, you, people come back to me and say, well, not to the extreme that happens over there and that's fine you know I agree with that as well but you've got to get your own ass in order before you can stop you know throwing stones in glass glass houses you know greenhouses as such so um you know the whole world needs to have a wake-up call in how we behave as humans ultimately because ultimately we are just all human beings now I'm going to point out something about Obviously, Henderson's support for the, you know, the Rainbow Laces campaign, for example. These are his words in the match day program on the 27th of November, 2021. And I'm going to point you to one particular paragraph. And this ultimately for me is what, you know, is going to be the issue for him being going to play football where he's going to play football. And, and this is the paragraph. But I do believe when you see something that is clearly wrong and makes another human being feel, another human being feel excluded, you should stand shoulder, shoulder to shoulder with them. You also have a responsibility to educate yourself better around the challenges they experience. I'm not sure how that's going to play out in Saudi Arabia, um, because of, of, you know, the law and how they follow the law there and we know LGBTQ people have do not have rights in Saudi Arabia and 
I'm like you said it right at the beginning of the show, Trev. I've never done anything for the LGBTQ community personally. Um, would I like to do more? Yeah, I mean, I will always show my support from that. I'm not a vocal as as I maybe I should be or I could be. Um, but this is certainly a wake up call for everybody. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes now between Henderson, his representatives, the football club in Saudi Arabia, the footballing authorities in Saudi Arabia, because Jordan's not, he's not a stupid individual. He's a clever individual. He's a smart individual. And all of these questions will be going, going on in his mind. You know, it's easy enough for saying, yes, he's, he's going there because he's getting 350,000 pounds tax free a week, whatever it is. And, it's generational wealth, blah, de, blah, de, blah, and he should know better because, um, you know, he, he's got enough money already. And again, we're right. Nobody's wrong. Nobody's right. And, and, and there's so much that it's so complicated. It's, it doesn't matter which way you turn and which way you look. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. And to find the right path in all of that, it, it's, it's extremely difficult and extremely challenging. And, um, you know, it's easy for us to all sit here and say, well, he should do this or he shouldn't do that. Uh, ultimately, he's the one who's got to live with any decision that he, you know, that he decides with and uh, how he goes forward with this. But I think, you know, as ultimately what it comes down to for me is, again, something that Guy said is, um, you know, we or, and I'm not sure you've all said this, sorry, because obviously I've missed quite a bit, is that he's a footballer playing for Liverpool Football Club. And uh, all all we want is what's best for Liverpool Football Club. And what's best for Liverpool Football Club right now, I, I believe, and and this is for footballing reasons, not personal reasons, I don't think Jordan Henderson, personally, is good enough to start on a regular basis for Liverpool Football Club. I believe we need younger, fresher, stronger, more agile, more mobile, more powerful, um, more physically fit, you know, what, better technical players who can advance his team forward. I don't believe that Jordan Henderson is that person. And on a football, in footballing aspect, if we can get a, a transfer fee for him and we can then use whatever money we get, get that wage, wage off the book and get somebody in who fits the bill better for us and helps us move forward as a football club and as a football team. That's all that matters. Um, but just one final thing I will say on this. Uh, it's something that I saw Carl, Carl Kopak tweet. How would we feel if um, Jordan Henderson or anybody now uh, who was associated with Liverpool Football Club suddenly decided they wanted to go and work for the Sun? The outrage would be huge from all aspects, from all sides. But because of, like I said, because of the religious connotations and everything that goes around this, and we're all walking on eggshells because we don't want to be offensive, you know, it's a bit of a shit show, honestly. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want 
whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, I think that's fair. That it is a bit of a shit show. I, 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 I'm not trying to say it's a false equivalence. It actually works quite well as a comparison <clears throat> because it's a matter of, uh, pledging allegiance uh, and taking money from, um, an organization or a government, uh, whichever is the case where you're looking at a situation where the, uh, basic morals of that group would be something that would be, um, offensive to an awful lot of people. I suppose my point at the start, Cam, and I know you were alluding to it there, is that, and this is why I'm so glad we did this show, you know, I really am, because no one's come out with any kind of a tirade, because there's no need, and everyone's tried to be a little bit bit balanced, but everyone's been honest as well, uh, and it's nice, you know, when you surround yourself um, with people who can do that, and you can actually have a conversation and record it and put it out there, because if you were to go by the general tone of what is available on my timeline from people who, you know, um, um, I, I don't really know that well to people who I do, um, it, it's, it's remarkably condemnatory and very negative. And I've seen people turn on a, on a sixpence from being sort of Henderson idealists and, and, um, uh, holding them up uh, to a standard uh, that I, I never felt he was worthy of to turning completely um, based on on that perception of him as a person now and what's happened to his sense of morality and and, and again just for balance I would ask the question um, about the people who are doing this um, ridiculing taunting and disparaging um i would ask them to ask themselves what it is that they've done in a positive way because the current climate uh of social media and this isn't me being preachy this is just a fact i think we all know this lends itself to people pointing fingers and booing and shouting and piling on and talking in a negative way about people and things that's just the nature of this and so i feel very very heartened by the fact that i could call on on, on you guys and have a discussion around this which has had the feel of balance to it um and i hope it'll sort of maybe maybe in some way make it a little bit more temperate <laughs> the climate out there in relation to it and make people a little bit more inclined to be slightly 
you don't have to be understanding about it. You can be as annoyed as you want. That's absolutely fine. But I just don't see where piling on vitriol and calling names and that type of thing is in any way helpful at all. And there is a very funny gray area here to bring, reintroduce Lisa Marie's weirdness um, quotient that an awful lot of people um, are quite quietly happy to see the changes happening to the squad and I guess that's where we'll finish on a kind of an upbeat note assuming that we're going to lose a guy who was a transformational footballer for us Fabinho a guy who gave his best years to Liverpool and those best years coincided with us winning the biggest trophies in the game he's going reportedly for a fee the size of the one with for which we bought him five years ago uh, that's in and of itself, regardless of whether you think you like where the money's coming from, a remarkable piece of business. Um, but of course, you know, there are several people who have stopped listening now because for them that money is tainted and that league is tainted and those people are tainted. I revise you back to listen to what Cam said earlier on about, you know, you, you can have those opinions. But you do also have to acknowledge that that is a separate entity and the fact that they do things in a certain way uh, is their decision to make. Uh, and I heard a very interesting observation being made um, in a conversation I was part of very recently where, you know, it's not that long ago that our own little country here uh, was incredibly negative in the attitude towards the LGBTQ community, for example. Um, I remember when I was in college, it was announced that it was no longer illegal to be homosexual. I was so taken aback by that, I think in 1993 or so, that I could not actually believe that was a thing. But it was. And so, you know, people are at different places in their... um evolution towards what we all deem to be respectable so if we can put that in a box for a second i want to kind of finish like i say on a slightly upbeat note because i don't know i, I don't acknowledge preseason football at all I, I can't get involved with that kind of thing i'll watch whatever highlights come up and that'll be the, the height of it for me but i'm marvelously excited to watch dominic spazlai to watch um uh, Alexis McAllister and I'm hoping and I'll come back to you guys for the final run through on this our last little topic I'm hoping to see a couple of new recruits and I'm very excited guy you introduced this idea earlier on that this was this money for Henderson and Fabinho was probably never part of the plan how could it be but it's been sufficiently disruptive that now we have to sort of move we have to be sort of able to think on our feet and hopefully we've got the right recruitment and if we can get a couple of really effective defensive minded midfielders in oh man I think it's so exciting to watch what could be in this uh, transitional season as we journey through the Europa League the thing that excites me is if if we get these transfers right, let's say it's Lavi has been linked for about what feels like seventeen years now, and I like the fact you forgot McAllister's name for a minute there because he did sign seventeen years ago at this stage. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but if if all of this clicks straight away, now I still think we need one in defence as well because the Robo Simicas centre back thing. Yeah. 
Another day. Um, but if we get the midfield right, we're not the only team that's going to be in transition. Arsenal have replaced their entire midfield, added new defender. Um, Man City, maybe not the first 11, but a lot of squad players are leaving. Um, and even Bernardo Silva may leave. Man United, shit, give a fuck. Um, <laughs> um, but if it, if, <laughs> if it clicks, why can't we, like my aim is not to win, my expectation for next season is not for us to win the league. If we do, it probably wouldn't be a surprise unless Man City like come like fifth or something like that. But if it does click, I think we can still be in the title picture. My aim for next season, or my expectation for next season, is second. Because even last season, when we were shit and Liverpool depressed the hell out of me, we still end, probably had a third of the season where we were the second best team in the league somehow. That says to me, if we just fix, if we fix the midfield last summer or two summers ago, like we bloody should have, we we would have pissed second, which is an empty gesture, but we've been the second best team at a bare minimum Klopp's entire time. I don't care if we finish third that one year or whatever. We've always been the top two. So I think that can continue if we just get, even if we get one really good midfielder, but say if it's Lavia and Dakura, um, I think that just cements it as second for me. But in terms of the, if we do get it right, it's just so exciting because it's been stale in that midfield for so bloody long. Like, I I loved Naby Keita, and I don't know why. <laughs> he didn't do much. But I just always thought he was fun. But it's fucking boring talking about him every week, going, if he just stayed fit, he'd be class. And now I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. I didn't really have that argument with Ox, because I didn't really care. Um... But now we get the back... See the back of these two lads, who are legends, club legends... Both of them, I, I don't know why people deny him on Twitter that Henderson's a club legend. He's a fucking Liverpool captain for half a decade and he won everything because he's a legend. Um, but get some fresh blood in there. If it takes a week to click, a month to click, half of your season to click. As you said, we're in the Europa League. We can win the Europa League. We can finish just top, let's say, top four. Do something in the domestic cup. Let's see how close we can get to City and then take that in the next season. So if we, if we come out of next season winning the Europa League, just avoid Sevilla because they've got magic powers in that competition. Um, win that. Do well in the league. Do something in the domestic cups. It's going to be a fucking mint exciting season. And I think there's only two or three weeks left till the season starts. Let's get two more midfielders in as a minimum. Minimum. Excuse me. Um, and if if there's if there's a left centre back there, cherry on the cake. Let's take next season as as the transitional season, not the story that people presented last year where we bought in Darwin and then it was like, oh, everything's changed. We're shit now. No, that was just because the midfield was broken. Let's take this transitional season, <laughs> but transitional doesn't mean it has to be bad. We can be mint next season, and I think we will be. I, it's exciting to hear that positivity. And listen, Marie, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume you're going to have a similar level of positivity, but is your excitement for the same reasons? I mean, um, obviously there's that lad we signed, um, 17 years ago, McAllister. Can't I see him play? Uh, we've seen the clips of Kloppo looking like he's, um, 
very enamoured with him. Um, I can't wait to see Spazlake play uh, in a red shirt. I won't watch him play in a red shirt until it's an actual football match worth my time. Um, but I am looking forward to that tremendously. Um, there is a level of excitement though about the drastic nature of this rebuild now. Every fucking midfielder is likely gone. So it's uh, it's about this last little period here and getting, I think, the two that we need um, in. And I'll, I'll settle for one if he's like a straight into the first team type merchant, but I don't think we're going to be able to manage the Caicedo type signing. So I would take that, but I think we need to. And, and, and as, as Guy says as well, that defensive um, player that we've been looking for as well. But the excitement levels are very high for me because of the drastic nature and the forced nature now of this rebuild. I'm looking forward to seeing us work it out, if you know what I mean. I do know exactly what you mean, because I am right there with you. I mean, I have said, I think when we talked about it 17 weeks ago or whatever, I I was very excited about Alexis McAllister joining the team. Um, I've been, you know, kind of had one eye on him for about a year or so now, just because Brighton is kind of a team that I tend to watch if I'm around on a Saturday morning and the Reds aren't playing. So, you know, I was, when the talk started about McAllister back, you know, toward the end of the season, I, you know, was kind of crossing my fingers and just not allowing myself to believe it would happen until, you know, we saw him in the Liverpool jersey. And, and so I was delighted. Um, so yeah, the whole, it, I feel like we're, I'm kind of getting back to that same sort of level of excitement that, that I think all of us kind of had at the beginning of last season that was just kind of crashed fairly quickly. Um, but I have more reason to believe this year because, you know, beyond what we sort of believed, it's going to be essentially a whole new midfield, which is, it's, it's just exciting in a way that, that I don't think for me personally, it has been before, you know, to see this much turnover in the team when I've been aware of, of kind of what's going on. You know, I know there was, you know, the season that we brought in, you know, Allison and Fabinho and, and everything else, but I was just kind of starting to glean what that meant when it happened. I remember everybody being all excited about Fabinho signing and I had no idea who he was or what, what it meant, but I was like, okay, cool. And um, so, anyway, just shows the evolution I've had in the last five years. So, yeah, it is. I think it is exciting in a way. Now, I did see a little bit of the match on Wednesday because I was in a car and I was able to kind of get the stream going, but it it kept kind of crapping out on me. So I I really didn't see but a little bit of it. But I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm sitting in a car right now for umpteen hours with nothing else to do. So, sure, why not? And, um, but then the, the signal just wasn't good enough for it to, to be worth watching. So I was like, okay, well, never mind. I'll catch the highlights later. But all in all, I think this refresh is, is what was needed, not just for the team, but I think for the fans, for just across the community of Liverpool Football Club. And yes, I have refound my, positivity and optimism and let's hope that it maintains itself past say October 
That would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice if we got a run, a run into November. Yeah, for sure. And, and Cam, take us home because, um, I know, you know, I tend to be a bit giddily optimistic. Um, uh, I, I think guys sort of in the middle ground, Lisa's more, at least Marie's more optimistic like me. Uh, but you have often, um, been a little bit black pilled about the club and things that are going on. Are you suffused with the same excitement? Is it totally dependent on us getting the required um, bodies in before the end of the of the transfer window, or are you just happy to go barreling barreling into this season and see what happens? Uh, because um, there, there we do have those couple of exciting new recruits. We will likely have at least one more, and. By nature of us being the Europa League, it is kind of transitional season where we can kind of take a flyer at that competition and there might be a bit of fun to be had watching the Reds next year. Oh, fun. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, you know, it's always fun watching the, watching the beloved Reds. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that we're not linked with any left-sided centre-backs whatsoever. That's a big concern for me right now. Um, also, if we do sell the two players that we've mentioned today, um, we really do need to replace those two players. And we pretty much said before the season started anyway, we needed three or four midfielders to come in. And we will have lost like four or five players and we're only possibly replacing them with three or four players. So it's going to be challenging, to say the least. But if by some... And I I, I think I said, um, you know, we've got no fucking hope with FSG of signing three midfielders, let alone four, um, which is what was really, really needed. And um, just say, miraculously, somehow, we sign the two midfielders, we get a left-sided centre-back in, then we're winning the lot. I don't care whether it's Europa League on Thursday nights and every other team's got an extra day to prepare against us. We're Liverpool Football Club. We're winning the fucking lot. You get all three of them in, we're winning the fucking lot. I don't care. I don't care whether it's a transitional season or not. We've got one of the best managers in the world. We've got one of the best training setups in the world. We've got, well, have some of the best football players in the world. Why can't they just come in and hit the ground running? It's not beyond the realms of possibility. It can happen. And you've got to believe that if we hit the ground running against Chelsea, then the next game, then the next game, then the next game, and suddenly build up that little bit of head of steam, that's going to put the fear of God into every other club. And that's the mentality issue of what you can do to other teams because when we did that the season we won the league the other teams bottled it they couldn't handle it City couldn't handle it nobody else could even get close to us that season because we hit the ground running and when we do that there's no stopping us so that's where I'm at it really is dependent on if we make the signings or not and right now I mean, I know it's, you know, what is it, 21st of July today and we've still got five and a half weeks of the transfer window left, but 
the season starts in two and a half weeks, doesn't it? Or whatever it is, three weeks. So um it's it's gonna be tricky, but you've got to believe, haven't you? I'm I'm all in on what you're saying in terms of fellas coming in hitting the ground running. Um because I have a feel around this season. Uh it's a it reminds me a little bit of spot the old fella here. It reminds me a little bit of the 88 rebuild under Kenny, 87, 88 rebuild under Kenny, um, where the whole attack was replaced. We bring in Barnes and Beardsley, Aldridge had been there. We bring in Ray Houghton and then all of a sudden then you've got this unit. Uh, and it just did that. It did hit the ground running. And at the end of it, there's a league and there should have been a league and cup double. Um, Dominic Sabasai is going to be able to hit the ground running. Alex, Alexis McAllister is going to be able to hit the ground running. If we get in the like of a Kone or a, or a, or a Lavia, uh, or a Ducure or whoever it happens to be, or maybe one of the really fantasy signings to come in there, um, they'll hit the ground running. And there are lads that we've been linked with at left back, uh, left center half camp, but they, uh, they're in the bracket of Levi Caldwell, which seems like fantasy football rather than reality. So maybe this Inacio link that was there before. Again, another person who can come in and hit the ground running. And I want that. That's where I am at the moment. I'm thinking. We are going to buy good footballers. I don't think they're going to look this gift horse of reinvention in the mouth. I think we'll get the recruitment we need to get. Uh, and for that reason, I'm as excited as all the rest of you about the season to come. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. And I want to thank you all for your balanced contribution to this chat this evening. Hopefully people will enjoy it um, without um, feeling the need to go off the deep end one way or the other. After all, it's only our ideas, it's only our opinions, and we're not going to influence the actions one way or the other, so we're reacting to them. We'll wrap it up because we've gone along. I want to thank Lisa Marie Hannan, Guy Drinkle, and Cam Branch for a fantastic discussion. Really enjoyed it. Hopefully you will too. If you do, get back onto us. If you know of any decent jackets that will keep me and Cam both dry and also not too sweaty, please let us know as well. And on a serious note, this one's for you, Brian. Take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.